This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this, so the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to this very early special edition of Splash Pages, the comic book club. And we have a most awesome, awesome episode. That's why we're doing it early. And uh, we can't wait to get started. With us, as always, Drew. How's it going, my friend? Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's just that I'm Yeah. And the man who put this all together, Chris. How's it going? Excellent. Uh, Chris, who'd you bring with us? We have the writer, uh, one of the two writers of this amazing book, as well as several other amazing comic books uh, here with us, uh, Timothy Seeley. <laughs> That's my daughter, Valentina, who uh, demanded, I'm babysitting today, so she wouldn't let me do this without. Uh, That's fantastic. Without awesome. So awesome. she can contribute. She knows her stuff. We were just playing with action figures. So <laughs> Excellent, Tim. How are you? Uh, it's been quite a day. Uh, when you have a new book drop, it can be great or terrible, and this was a mixture of both. <laughs> yeah, I saw your tweet yesterday that you were, this is the, the first time you were really anxious about a book. Is it because it was Superman? No, because it was Slobo. I, I just feel, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I guess maybe both, but also I, I was a little worried about the, the label, the black label thing, because, you know, I think the way it was explained to me and the way that I think people took what Black Label was meant to be, because I just got comps of it and I saw the book and it's like, oh, this is different. It, you know, I wrote it as a comic series with the idea that they presented a Black Label was like, make us an evergreen story that can appeal to people who don't necessarily know the continuity, but they know the characters. And that's how I treated it. And then seeing it, it's like, oh, it's not exactly what people are expecting. And it's it, there's no dicks in it. There's no swear words like you know i mean i think people thought black label was like oh this is where you see batman's wiener and i i didn't i didn't know that nor did nor did i think that that's what it was supposed to be because that's not what dc wanted it to be so um yeah right and and and, and of course they you know they promote it as oh the team from money shots so everyone's thinking oh we're gonna see like boobs and like you know pornography and and all sorts of things <laughs> which i thought the team from money shot means it'll be funny and it, it'll probably it'll probably be about something Thing because that's what my, I don't, I that's but I get that with money shot too where people are always like I thought this would have hard, hardcore pornography which I said from the beginning it's about porn it is not a porn like I said right. like, literally before it came out and I, I just I don't know how to deal with people's expectations anymore it's so tiring you know uh, but there's this so whatever I just do what I have to do <laughs> it, it is very funny you have Lois uh, censored out you know when she's like trying to correct Clark of what he's saying when he's like having a, a meltdown in the broom closet. Over Lex Luthor. 
Luther, you know, her words are the asterisks, you know, the funny little ways you would spell Grolics. out. They're called Grolics in the business, by the way. Grolics. Oh, Grolics. <laughs> yeah, the Grolics. Yeah, yeah that, that was hilarious. Uh, she's like, uh, Clark's trying to swear again, is he? <laughs> right. And so I, the joke kind of was like, you'll never see Superman swear. No, <laughs> I don't think you should. And I won't write that. And I, I just I thought I'd get it out of the way because I kind of thought the expectations would be there. And I was right. I fucking mm-hmm. nailed it. So <laughs> if you if you want to hear Superman swear, just go, lock, go just go watch Fortnite videos of people playing as Superman with their headsets on uh, swearing. as I don't even want to know. Yeah, no, I, I survived Batman Fortnite. I'm not going to I'm not going to try that. <laughs> That's that's fair. So so also Tim, you uh, also are doing the King Shark series yeah. right now as well, and that's a huge character now because of James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and yeah. it's impressive because you have well, there's only two issues out. I think it's like a mini series, like is it like six or something? Well, right. It's, so it's twelve. 12 page story so I, okay in comic book terms and monthly release terms that's six issues yeah right uh, so yeah yeah there you go that so i mean and literally you open the first book and it's the defacer making fun of nightwing a character you know very well you've worked sure. with him so much and i mean i opened the book and i just see that and it took me a second because i was just like and i was like oh oh that's genius because everybody always focuses on Nightwing's butt, but you're focusing on the other Dick Grayson. You well, because she, she, I was kind of making fun of Rick, I guess, because she says, oh, you don't want me to, everyone to point out that you're a total, and then she doesn't say it. You're such a, and then she, then it says the first thing she says, Rick, oh, that's the name he turned, t- he took for himself when he lost his memory. I was just making mm-hmm. fun of stuff in general, but, um, you know, I should stop making fun of things because then people get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry. Wait, there's no censoring here, okay? Although, I think part of it is my, my approach to, I just want to get, like get, just address the elephant in the room, which was, you know, I worked on Nightwing right before a controversial storyline. And then also, you know, I introduced the defacer and, and no one used her since, and that's fine because they were doing their own version. So I just want to be like, well, where has she been since, since I worked on it? And so I just mm-hmm. got this, like, I just got it out of the way, which is, you know, he just never called her and she was like, that jerk? And she didn't realize it's because he had amnesia, which I thought was funny, <laughs> right? So, you know, I, I thought it tied into continuity but also like told you something about her as a character because she's so mean and angry that she got mm-hmm. mad before she asked like well why didn't you call me and the reason right. was he got you know because he got shot in the head <laughs> and yeah. it's such a superhero comic thing to, right. to like have a character you know so so and kind of in the spirit of suicide squad because the original one kind of like oh we have all these characters that nobody's using let's just form a team and try to kill them I mean, yeah. you've had the facer in the second issue. You see Orca, which is like yep. one of the most 90 Batman villains you can think of. I mean, yeah. she's a woman that got turned into an Orca. And I was just like, wow, talk about throwback. <laughs> well, she was also in my Nightwing run because she was mm-hmm. sort of part of the uh, the group called the Runoffs, which was an idea that um, I'd come up with with Dan Didia, which his idea was let Bloodhaven be full of all the people who got scared uh, of Batman and ran. And so we called them the Runoffs. And, and Valentina, <laughs> come here, honey. Come on, baby. Come here. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of one of the, the storylines that we had in that. And she was part of Sean's group. And. I figured it totally mm-hmm. made sense. We were bringing Defacer slash Sean in that we mm-hmm. would also bring in um, that some of the people. And that allows me to deal with her past relationships because 
part of the character's arc will be that she sort of blows up relationships that she she makes these friends and then and and you know has lovers and then she basically ruins the relationship because she's such an angry impulsive person right okay my kid she ran upstairs okay there we go are you, uh, Tim, are you doing any of the variant covers for Superman vs. Lobo? Uh, as of yet, no. I, I, I am doing cover for King Shark, though. The, uh, Lo, the Lobo one, I think, Superman Lobo has less covers than King Shark does. So um, I don't know that there's, there's three or four for the first issue, right? But um, yeah, uh, according to this, there are one, uh, where are they? One, two, three, four. Yes. Yeah. I think there's less for the other ones, but um, also I just get out of the way when Simon Bisley wants to draw Lobo. So you know, whatever, whatever they decide to do, I just let him. Uh, I, I let him get Simon Bisley to do the Lobo cover. Perka uh, mm -hmm. and Dolfo is uh, really uh, blowing up the comic book industry right now with you know their own stuff oh yeah she's amazing she uh so she did uh sweet paprika which just sold out an image yes. and done some other stuff um you know and she and i are old friends i worked with her um and that is a more sexually driven book than money shot is by the way <laughs> it is it's more about restraint i think right it's more about like fantasy and sort of like yeah and murka's skills you know at cartooning and drawing women and writing women uh and so she and i you know they're she's fucking incredible and she's an old friend of mine um i worked with her in her first u.s book which was uh chaos actually uh at dynamite because i had reached out and, and uh, got her to work with me because i thought she was so good so um she was actually sort of the main driver be behind superman versus lobo which was uh dc asked me to come up with a superman pitch so i pitched this superman story um mm -hmm. that was kind of what we had and then i talked to murka and she was like i've always wanted to draw a lobo so i was like holy crap i went back and rewrote my pitch and then i turned it in superman versus lobo and i brought murka in because she always wanted to draw him so uh, she got it done for me. Well, the the book turned out great. I finished reading it, and I know, Chris, you're almost done reading it as well. Yeah, I, I only had, like, uh, I, I got up to the point where they're uh, escorting Winslow shot out, and that, that and I got distracted or something, and then I had to jump on in the call, so I'm almost yeah. finished. <laughs> oh, well, the rest of the book is where people get mad at me, so you, you kind of got to read that part. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I, I read, I, like, I, everything else that uh, you, you've done, so I could yeah, easily cover this call very easily. <laughs> true. Uh, true. Vampire of the Masquerade, that's ending soon, too, right? Isn't that... Uh, um, only 12, 10, not, 10, 10 issues? Well, it's not ending so much as then it turns into... Um, uh, Werewolf turn, Apocalypse? Yes, yeah, it turns into um, World of Darkness. World of Darkness, yeah. So, yeah, so it becomes like a setup for a crossover series, um, and basically that allows us... Yeah, it's raining really hard outside. Um, oh, it was pouring here in Massachusetts yesterday. We had a tornado and a hurricane. Yeah, it's it just dumped on us here. Bell, you don't want to go outside. It's raining really hard. Look, honey. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that allows us to do you know sort of build the world. So the first ten issues are about the vampires of the Twin Cities. Then the World of Darkness story introduces the werewolves, and that allows us to go because we're treating this very much like a progressive you know story. People change, they take new positions, and which I think is one of the strengths of the of that role playing game. So um, we're doing that with the comic as well. So it sort of changes. There's ten issues, then World of Darkness, and then there's some just a whole bunch stuff coming after that it's extremely refreshing by the way to see a another superman book from black label because black label has also been known as black label batman books because it's just batman 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 like every every mm -hmm. five freaking minutes I and mean, we might have the question we might have the other history of the dc universe which is great but it's like then there's another batman book and it's it's just crazy well that's um, what people want i mean 
this will be a huge test because doing Superman Lobo was sort of a risk for them. And if, if it doesn't be successful, expect more Batman books because he sells, you know? Uh, it's right. just a, it, I, I think it's, you know, part of the thing is that uh, Black Label is meant to be this place where you can do these kind of, you know, evergreen sort of things for mass the mass uh, market. Like it can mm-hmm. be for people who've never, or maybe who know of Superman, who know of Lobo, who like those characters but don't know all the continuity. And so far, I feel like DC's, you know, been told by readers that all they want for that kind of thing is Batman. Like people love, you know, a standalone evergreen Batman book. We know that. They've been buying Dark Knight Returns for fucking 40 years. So, you know, (laughs) can we do it with with um, Superman Lobo, or can we do it with the question, and we do it with any, I, I hope so. I think those characters are great, but it's up to the readers, really. Right. So, do you, so, do you, you have another, do you have another character that you want to do as a Black Label book? Yeah, I mean, and again, understand my, my view of Black Label is that it's like evergreen books, not necessarily uh, adult or dirty or something, but, Yes, absolutely. I have I have an evergreen story uh, that I've pitched for another character. I won't tell you in case it actually happens, but um, <laughs> but I He Man, black label. No, they don't have <laughs> He Man anymore, right? <laughs> no, DC does it's Dark Horse now, but um, I, I can just see the nerd title. It's a, Tim Seeley hints at secret un- unreleased project for the black yeah. label on on podcast that nobody listens to. <laughs> and then suddenly we get all the hits and all the awards. Yeah. Comic book resources yeah. just blasted out. I, uh, nominated podcast splash pages talks to Tim Seeley about new DC project. DC calls Tim Seeley tomorrow and like, what did you talk about? What did you say? But I, but I think I, I really wish. I feel like there, you know, there are characters that don't necessarily, you know, they don't attract a monthly level of. Sale, Jim, hold on, right? hold on. What's that behind you? What's what's that picture behind you? Oh, to the right there, right there. Yeah, that one. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hey, it's my house. Wait, you want to see a tour? Here's uh, what we got. Oh, please. Army of Darkness there. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Here, wait. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in a creator's house. We didn't do this. We had John Ostander on on Sunday. We should have done this with his house. <laughs> He's in Chicago too, right? He's, he's still there. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, the bar that inspired Munden's is, is in my neighborhood, actually. So, do, uh, do, do you want to do this like... At- do you want to do this like MTV Cribs? Like, hi, yeah. I'm hey. I'm DC. I'm comic book writer Tim Seeley. Oh, Welcome look at all the uh, boys. Very cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow, that is. <laughs> wait, wait here. Wait, here. you guys see the tiki wall? Oh, ah, nice. That's cool. Hey, we got uh, wait, we got some uh, Blade Runner. Here we go. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and dope. wait, wait. I was over here before. My uh, tiki bar. There's my. You got you. Got to have a bar in your own place. You just yeah. you gotta. Yeah, where, do you my the, uh, where do you keep all the hack slash stuff? In the uh, attic. I mean, <laughs> I have two statues. <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna good. ask. Uh, you got a bottle out. What What are you drinking tonight? Um, I actually was drinking. Uh, that was from yesterday. I was actually drinking a Beezer from Old Irving Brewery <laughs> nice. uh, in Chicago. Uh, but there's a bottle on the th- bar from. Uh, looks like we have. We were making a uh, Bacardi. We were making rum drinks the other. We were making a. Uh, mojitos for breakfast. And here's my child uh, digging into the movie collection. She's not supposed to. Don't do that. That's not what you're supposed to be, honey. That's not. That's not. That's Danny's movie. So there you go. Here's a little, little peek into my meager life. Awesome. <laughs> uh, very, very great. So did you see uh, Patton Oswalt uh, tweeted you just recently? Yeah, he uh, just made us go viral. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was That's like. awesome. 40- 4,000 some retweets on that in about a half hour. Uh, wow. So. That's, that's, that is crazy incredible. 
it's uh, it's yeah. so random when things like that happen. Like that happens to me when I'm working with Screen Rant. They'll be like, "Oh, this one article you wrote that that you just wrote for the hell of it. It's trending. It's it's the top number yeah. three article on the site." I was like, "Why?" I I, I, just, I tweeted, I tweeted to uh, JMD Mateus the uh, statue that I posted on Gothgar Horror of the uh, Spider-Man crawling out of the ground from Craven's oh, yeah. Hunt, and he retweeted that. That had like 500 likes or whatever. I'm like, no post of mine will ever have 500 likes except for JMD Mateus retweets it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the really? thing is, you know, if I tweeted the very same pages that Patton did, no one, no one would care. Uh, but uh, well, I, I do have this. I do have yeah, some. I mean, of the like, you mean like when you retweet like about a podcast about a comic book that like very few people have ever heard of, sure. <laughs> like those moments, yeah. And and you know that's the way of the attention economy. Uh, so that's great. And I saw like Scott Weinberg retweeted it, and a, a lot of other sort of big uh, entertainment people. On the other hand, it's without context. So then then in that case, like I get all the accolades, but also I'm tagged in it. So then the people who are mad about it, they email me or they tweet me. So uh, it'll be interesting, that, <laughs> I guess. Well, you know? I, I have one of the panels that he was uh, referring to. Uh, hashtag no thanks, Superman. And what the hell is the anti-saver? Uh, don't yeah. interfere with the God's plans. I can't. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, awesome. That's the. I mean, you know, and obviously, the thing is, what what I find interesting about this whole thing is, like, maybe did people forget what Lobo comics were like? Because the whole thing with Lobo, one hundred, was that it would like it was kind of nihilist and it made fun of everything and it made fun of most often the best Lobo stuff was like very you know the big topics like Lobo. My favorite personal one, I think, is probably everybody's personal one, uh, is the paramilitary Christmas one. Which thank you. I was just about to say that. Which is, is the best. It's which is like super fucking dark, right? It's about oh, Christmas. It Lobo is sent by the Easter Bunny to kill Santa. Uh, at the end, parents murder their children. Okay, so like it is, <laughs> it is really shocking and really offensive and nihilistic. And and it's weird to me that people maybe forgot what Lobo was was like. I, I think maybe part of that is it's been you know when you integrate Lobo to the rest of the DC universe, you get stories that are not you know they're not designed simply for parody. Sometimes he has to fit in. You know he has to be like um, somewhat integrated, right? Like mm-hmm. so maybe people forgot but like that's what lobo stories were like and right. and i loved those and i thought that was the point of doing lobo was to you know to, i mean the character is in origin making fun of punisher and wolverine that's that's the whole thing right. that is literally the the reason keith and uh Roger Silver created that character. And yeah. then he became popular because the fans didn't understand it was a parody, right? And so to keep it going, they had to make it even more over the top and more shockingly violent and more weird. And that's, yeah. it's it's always a joke. And it's so weird to me that people forget that. So like when you make jokes at Lobo, sometimes people get mad at you and you're like, I don't, what was this character for if not to poke fun at all these things? It, and part it, of the story is to make fun of people who think, that he's good, right? Like he's meant to make fun of these things. Like part of the story that we're going to tell is that, you know, maybe you're not supposed to idolize the guy who's the epitome of things that are terrible, <laughs> right? I, I blame the new 52 and they made him sexy and it all went out the window. Oh God, yeah, that was You know, they were like, oh, here's the new Lobo. And I'm like, he's not hairy enough. 
He's not saying Bastish enough. Okay, <laughs> nobody's head has been ripped off. I was like, no. But at that time, the logo, that, that logo was not selling at that time. So that was like a, a moment of necessity, like to figure out a way to make him work. And like, you know, that that, that was like how long after the X-Men movies made Wolverine sexy. Wolverine was always meant to be like a short, runty, hairy, grunting guy. And the movies made him sexy and that worked. And it's hard to deny with that, that that worked. It, it fucking worked. But mm-hmm. I think that that's what they were like. Well, we can't make a parody character who's ugly now and, and, and people because people weren't buying it. So like. That was just people working with what they had, which I think is funny because, you know, people don't like that. But then there's a certain percentage of of readers who are going to be mad that that we turned him back into a grunting, misanthropic, horrible person. (laughs) Right. A lot of people said that uh, 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 Wolverine should have been played by, I don't remember, I don't know the actor's name, but he was an alien resurrection and he shares father in Clueless. He has the look like Wolverine would look like in the comics. He's extremely hairy, pudgy guy. Would have been the perfect like kind of actor to play Wolverine. Uh, I, no, I, I remember my favorite was people saying Danzig should have been Wolverine. <laughs> I support actually. I, I'm a huge Danzig fan. Uh, it, I, and I was just like, somehow, yes. Uh, he doesn't perfect. quite. The only problem would be is he's he's. He's not quite the actor that Hugh Jackman is. And the, the thing is, it's hard to deny that Hugh Jackman nailed it and he made it sexy. And would those movies have, where would be where we are now with, you know, sort of superhero movies based on comic books, if not for sexy Wolverine? Probably not. Uh, so I don't know. It's, you know, it's always I, this big experiment because I feel like if you do, if you do things as I, if you understand them or, or that you think will appeal to people and it doesn't work, then you've been proven wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> so. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I feel after watching some of the Exxon movies, I don't walk the same because now I feel like I have to walk even sexier just in a, <laughs> in, you know, a, a sleeveless white beater shirt, jeans, <laughs> just walk everywhere like an X3. Just nope, can't, can't nope, got to burn off those calories. Let me just keep walking, claws out. <laughs> oh, I'm going to run now. You know, everywhere. It's like, what, Logan, what took you so long? I've been walking the whole goddamn movie. Okay, let's kill the Phoenix. Yeah, and it made <laughs> and it made the ladies sweat, and it made it made a mil a billions of billions of dollars. So it wins. Yeah, you know? I feel like that's the thing with Sexy Lobo. Like that they tried, and they were trying to figure out a way to make that character work. You know, if if this if Superman Lobo doesn't work, then assume that they'll probably come up with some other way. <laughs> so absolutely i mean like like i said sometimes i think the best thing with lobo was when he somehow either got outsmarted by somebody who clearly was out of his class like when tommy monaghan did it in the hitman lobo special which is still one of my favorites it's a good one or when he tries to do good but like he's still lobo like in um 52 when he's helping starfire and the rest of them yeah he he basically rips off her top yeah yeah he rips off her top and then she basically doesn't even shrug it she just says i have money because i'm an alien princess it was like i'm gonna help you cool yeah and and then he's like i have a church by the way i have a church of lobo and i was just like boy this is getting really crazy and i just (laughs) want to see lobo lose his shit and he did and it did not disappoint one of the craziest craziest lobo team-ups it wasn't really crazy it wasn't like you know like out of control like some of the lobo stories have been but i think it was uh when they relaunched brave and the bold just before the new 52 and there was a lobo Mm -hmm. supergirl story i love that story yeah because he's like he's like oh she's just like whatever she's like oh excuse me i'm as powerful as my cousin (laughs) yeah i love that story then again you know i i love that those characters i'm not a like a fan of a ton of superhero ongoing stuff really uh mm-hmm. i love the genre in general and i love comics obviously but 
But characters I do love include Superman and Lobo, and and so I have been reading this stuff, and I was ready for it. Uh, and so, you know, I was trying to pull from a lot of that stuff, but I felt like the job had to be... Lobo comics were parodies. They were satirical looks at, at current events. And if you don't do that, I feel like you're you're not doing the character. You're dumbing down your content. Right. And so, you know, I knew it would piss people off, but I, you know, ha- that's the job, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, I don't know how to do these things with, you know, and obviously the, the social media stuff and that's what Lobo would do. Like as a person, if he mm-hmm. were here in 2021, when he says, I'm going to ruin Superman, he's not going to do it by trying to kill him. That's, that's not going to do it. That's weak, but he right. would do, he's smart. Actually, like that's one of the things I, I, I felt like I had to bring back to some degrees. Lobo's not dumb. Like he engineered no. a, a parasitic scorpion thing <laughs> using his biology, his biology skills to like kill his whole family. He's smart. He's an asshole and he's self so self-obsessed he misses things. But he's not dumb. So I felt like that had to be a part of this character too. Like he I can't tell a story about him just being a total screw up because he's not, you know? He's just so narrow sighted because all he thinks about is himself that he fails. That that is true. But you know, he's not an idiot. Well, I was I, just talking I, to Dio offline uh just before we started about um the Superman the animated series Blu-ray box set is finally coming out for the in HD, the animated series from the nineties and uh the bet one of the best episodes on there a lot of people agree is the main man part one and two oh, of course. yeah i love that stuff i mean again the reason superman and lobo didn't come up together either right superman is from 1938 and uh lobo mm-hmm. comes out in the 80s and and but very early on uh one of the early stories I, I can't remember exactly what year it was but it was not too long after his debut when it becomes the simon bisley um leather jacket version of of lobo it was like he's the perfect foil for superman he's the last son of his planet he's extremely powerful but morally he's in every way the opposite he's selfish cares only about himself he's super fragile in every way like he can't stand not get the credit or not to be uh, accepted and that's why i was that's why i wanted to do the story it's like they are perfect they are it's it's in the same way that Superman and Lex Luthor is a perfect combination because Lex Luthor, you know, is the epitome of humanity, right? He can't stand right. the idea that someone not from Earth is better than him, that someone right. other than him is better. It's really close to that with Lobo, except Lex Luthor has a code. He's a business guy, right? He's a scientist, whereas Lobo is a mercenary. So, like, it's even more entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like we, we had to do that in every way. We had to show their similarities, and we had to show what makes them so different. Right. Well, you, you did a great job on it. And uh, one of the things uh, now we urge everybody, definitely head on over to your local comic shop and uh, pick up the black label that's available today. Uh, or if you, you want to buy, buy it digitally, uh, you can check out uh, Comixology. I put a link in the chat. Uh, but you had uh, Lobo start his own uh, essentially uh, Lex Tube commercial or uh, show, yeah, uh, which was I found that hilarious because uh, he would. Yeah. That is the YouTube it is obviously Lex Tube is YouTube for the DCU, but that is the place for egotistical maniacs to yell their bullshit into the into the world, and that is where Lobo would go. Yeah. Valentina, what are you doing, honey? Uh, and uh, again, I urge everybody to check it out. But uh, my dad said you are an evil alien employed by the government to generate a culture of passivity in our society while slowly draining us of our life forces. Don't <laughs> save me, please. <laughs> Don't well, save me, I please. Said out loud, I'm like, oh, we went hard at this book, but. Honestly, you know, I wrote this in last April. So some of this stuff we were a little bit prescient on, even in a weird, sad, sick way. 
so <laughs> yeah, you know. A little bleak there. Hey, are you? Um, I I, I was wondering, are you going to be returning to um your vampire uh creator own vampire book that you did Dark with Blood. Dark Blood? Yeah, Dark Red. Yeah, Dark yeah. Red. Absolutely. I actually wrote. I mean, it's thing. Sometimes I see stuff where people are like, oh, hey, where's Seely Ben? You know, because I do this DC stuff, and I'm like, guys, I was been working the entire time. I work. I work like six weeks out of out of every month. I'm writing comics. Like I write more than <laughs> four months. He has a Where life, people. Is? Because so, because we get the emails because because the podcast gets the emails asking where's Hack Slash coming back and I'm like tweet Tim Seeley don't <laughs> I mean but I I do I I do I do do Hack Slash I do I did new stuff for the for the the card cover and I wrote two I do a new story for each one and I do yeah. I'm always making shit but it's it's weird it's like you know I think for some people like you're only working if you're doing Batman or Superman or whatever or Wolverine and if you're not doing those things they're like I don't know who you are uh, but I yes Dark Red I I, I did a, a a new story um, it's gonna be announced I think soon and I've been working on Dark Red in other capacities so yes that's a big one for me I love that story uh, you know I think it's it sort of as personal to me as, as Hackslash or Revival so I hope you check it out how did the Kickstarter the second Kickstarter do is it still going I didn't follow it as much as the first one yeah it's doing great I mean our, our job is just to you know we, we print those anyway they're, they're sort of just a, a it's a way to do these hardcovers because we do them through image but it's a way for us to add new stuff because the cost is very high in the beginning to print hardcovers so we figured out this thing where we allow you to sort of, uh, or we ask you if you would like to pre-order it through Kickstarter, which is great because then we get the money right away. Then we instantly turn around and spend that on extra stuff. So that's new pinups, new short stories, new you know remastered stuff to make this even better. And then we also are able to sell it through Image Comics, which is our, our home. Uh, so it works great. You know, we don't, it, our goal is not like to make a bazillion dollars on this. All we need to do is to get as many sort of people who want to pre-order this and get the alternate covers and also to allow us to pay for a bunch of new cool shit. And then when these come out, they're like the prettiest thing I can make, right? There, this allows us to make like the most beautiful object I am able to do. Uh, so hopefully people enjoy them when they, when they get them. So, uh, can people find more on your, uh, Tim Yeah. There's some stuff there. I mean, you if Unfortunately, the best way to find anything from me is Twitter. That's, okay. I'm at Hacking Tim Seeley on Twitter, uh, though mm. I hate it very much. Uh, that is where I am able to quickly post all my bullshit. Uh, so the Kickstarter is on there. Uh, you can yell at me about Superman Lobo, like 50% of the people who read it. Uh, no, it's amazing. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's really good. And people do. And, and I, I did go into Black Label in the beginning wondering, like, well, because the first Black Label book is Batman's dick. So it set the freaking groundwork they, they, for the whole, like, which is know. such a problem. Such a, and, it, it, I, and you know, I know why and, they do. And then it, but... everyone thinking, oh, it's going to be like hardcore violence and nudity every five minutes, like a vertical book or something like that. And then they do like you know, like um, the what do you call it, the the other history of the DC universe, which isn't yeah. a comic book, is more of like uh, tales of the DC universe told by minorities in their own voices, you know. And and that that that's really cool. And that could have been printed by the regular DC continuity. That could have been printed by. But it's, all but it's not because the the intent was that. It, the, the the original intent, and I think this is so interesting, that that this that the dick, which was such a media moment, right? That the so I feel like you know Fox News kind of owned that moment, which is like originally Black Label, and I, I asked Andy Corey, who was the editor, one of the original editors on this, so he told me the original intent was these are supposed to be creators have some freedom to do standalone evergreen books, right? That's the original idea. So, you know, that that means like that that gives them a chance they can reprint Dark Knight Returns. That works, right? Cuz that's what that is. 
you don't have to have read every Batman comic to read Dark Knight Returns, but they can also do like something like, um, you know, Scott Snyder's uh, American Vampire. Yes. And, and it just things like the, the idea was you can pick up this book and enjoy it. That, that was the idea. Uh, you don't have to be part of the monthly sort of thing. And so when I, when I was working on Superman Lobo, I picked a time. And again, I'm a Superman guy. Uh, I, I know Superman. I picked this sort of like general Superman moment. So it's like this kind of, you know, it probably kind of takes place in the regular universe. I don't know exactly when, but Lois doesn't know he's uh, Superman and he doesn't have a son. And the reason was I didn't want that doesn't work for what I wanted to do this story. And they were like, great. And that was so cool of DC because they understood I want to tell a story about these two guys and it doesn't involve their children. It doesn't involve them being in married or it doesn't involve all this legacy stuff, but you know, it does involve the most Superman things I can think of. So that's why he's got Jimmy Olsen, right? To me, the most, one of the most important things about Superman is Jimmy Olsen. And so it has Lois Lane and it has his friendship with Batman and it has his friendship with Marsh Manor. Cause to me, those are the things that are, you know, help us define that character. Um, which I thought was interesting because I, I saw some people react like, well, this doesn't change anything. It's like, no, it's not changing anything. It It's explaining to you who these guys are. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't expecting it to be like a continuity retcon of some kind. I knew it was going to be its own standalone. Yeah. And if they reference it, and if like years down the road in Action Comics, you know, Lobo shows up, whatever, because Action Comics right now is the only Superman book. Um, you know, and Lobo shows up and they reference the story, then that's great. Then, hey, you're in continuity, you know? Well, I mean, again, it's it's just meant to be sort of like, uh, they, uh, somebody explained this to me once when I was working on a Deadpool thing, which I thought was great, which was they called it, um, it was Marvel, they, but they used the term dancing between the raindrops. Which is just like, look, you're just sort of there's there's the the things that you see, the drop, raindrops coming down, and you're just going between them. You're not ruining anything, you're not interrupting anything, but you're just sort of picking a story that we didn't see, right? And so to me, this works. You know, we pick up on like the Lobo relationship with Miss Trib. That's to me was a defining character moment. You know, if you've read the first Lobo miniseries where uh, he has to go kill his uh, his teacher, and then uh, he has he's stuck dragging her across the uh, universe, and he hates her. Of course, I'm gonna put her in the story because she's a defining moment for that character and his relationship with her makes sense so when you know at the end of, uh, you know spoilers before you if you haven't read it at the end of the story newman brings back zarnia and krypton and next issue is you know superman is hanging out on zarnia and he lives with miss trib she's taking care of him because he can't he doesn't have his powers because on a planet with a red sun so like i i wanted to make sure that i use those things that are defining characters but it doesn't matter to me necessarily when that happened. It's just that it's defining spiritual canon, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, so I have a, a different unrelated question. It's actually something related to hack slash. Uh, so, um, yes, I know, Chris. Okay. Get, I didn't you know. say <laughs> yeah, I know you did it, but you didn't have to. This is Chris part is the of your guy. Training, <laughs> um, you know, I, I myself, because of someone I work with, um, I started getting into the series and um, I, I was really fascinated that you've had so many crossovers with, you know, you had Evil Ernie, you had Chucky, you had Halloween Man, you even had Army of Darkness. Vampirella. Um, yeah. And thank you. See, th thank you. It's a walking horror Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> so regarding that, um, were there any cross, like, and you also did Hatchet, which is was awesome. I read that and I'm a huge Hatchet fan. So to see that was amazing because Victor Sorry. Yes. the better. Um, so are were there any that I guess that you wanted to do that you never got a chance to, like like Hackslash versus Candyman or something like that? 
Like, well, I mean, we have a big one, which was Devil's Due had the rights to do Halloween uh, comics when I was doing uh, Hackslash there. I drew the two series of Halloween, uh, two of them. And when we originally pitched, we actually originally pitched a Hackslash versus Halloween comic. And the story was going to be that Cassie's first, her first maniac was going to be Michael Myers. And I had this whole thing where she left, you know, Wisconsin and she ended up in Haddonfield. And, and, uh, and we were going to do it. And, and uh, they were pretty cool about it. And then there was like, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was some some backlash. Mm. There's gonna be, I, I can't remember this exactly. So if I if I misquote this, please don't blame me. But there was going to be a Hellraiser Halloween movie. I think it was called Halloween. Yeah, uh, at some point. And whatever happened around that made the people who owned the rights to Halloween kind of nervous, and so they didn't want to do a crossover, and so we didn't. So I took that that pitch and I turned it into Hackslash My First Maniac. So if you if you pick up the book or download the audiobook on Audible, Taking Shape Two, they go over in insane detail every single Halloween movie sequel that never happened, and they go over the two versions of like Hellraiser Halloween they were supposed to do. And what the script was, who was involved, the directors, you know what I mean? The writers, uh, obviously it wasn't really cast, but they go, that book is mm -hmm. an amazing book. It's best to get it on Audible um, to just go over like all the different Halloween films. And they cover that one specifically, obviously. So whatever happened there, and that sounds amazing. I'll have to check it out sometime. That did mess up whatever we were going to do. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we I don't know how far we were, around, we were along license wise, but we were far long, enough along that I wrote a, a five issue pitch for it. It. Uh, and then we turned it into My First Maniac, which we s took out Michael Myers and we I instead instead inserted um, I, I got sort of into this urban legend of the video game Polybius. Have you ever heard of that? Mm. Uh, Polybius mm -hmm. was this, yes. this video game that never existed, but people said that you would play and it would kill you and shit like that. And I, so I, I instead made the character and I, I combined it with uh, uh, one of my favorite comic book ads from the 90s was this uh, for a game called Slaughterhouse, I think, or what it was called. But it was like you played a slasher. Do you remember that game? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I've never played the game, but I. I love the ad. Oh, so, oh, oh, yeah. yes, a slaughterhouse, yeah, or, or spl splatterhouse, splatterhouse, yeah. Splatterhouse, thank yep. you. Splatterhouse, that's what there you go. So, so we got Michael Myers, and I created a character based on my love for that ad. So there you go. Yeah, the ad was awesome. Yeah. And now, yes, that guy. Yeah, and so now instead of Michael Myers, this is a different story. But I mean, that shit happened to us all the time. Uh, you know, we actually very early um, there was a movie meeting at some point, very early, where we had talked to um, uh, New Newline or I can't remember who it was, but we had we had done a meeting which they wanted to do. Uh, they had a, a script for. Jason versus Freddy versus Ash. So this yes. before it got turned into a comic book. But very, what? very early. Love that comic. So can I keep going? Yeah. So so they had a script for that. Um, and for some reason, there were some legal problems with Ash, which I'm sure you're not surprised to find out that character's got some, because there's like Evil Dead and there's the Army of Darkness versions. Army of Darkness, yeah, yeah that, that So that movie couldn't happen. And so one of the meetings we took, they're like, well, what if we do, what if we did uh, Freddy versus Jason? It was Freddy versus Jason 2. And then you introduce Cassie in that movie and then you spun it out into her own movie. So that was a meeting oh. we had. <laughs> I was like, it was some, you know, I God bless whoever pitched the I don't recall who did that idea. Uh, but it is just like pre-zoomed, so I don't have it on record. But someone pitched that that we do that. And there so you go. uh yeah, <laughs> there you go. And so it didn't have uh, but I thought that was cool. And uh I had done some pitch art for it, and that still exists. Um it got turned into a print and uh I sold the commission to somebody for 
for that stuff. Like we did weird shit that you know didn't happen, but I I always use the ideas because I'm a recycler. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there's worlds that shit went went through, and then obviously you got the comic because they uh, uh, James Cahorick did the the comic adaptation of Freddy vs Jason vs Edge. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, just uh, want to put my little dork news into it. Um, just to back up a little bit, Splatterhouse. Uh, if if you play it, play the import version because that's a hell of a lot more bloodier than the U.S. version. For the U.S., they toned it down quite a bit. They took out like the red blood and all that shit. Uh, but sure. yeah, the import was a lot more gruesome, a lot more you know uh, violent, and uh, just a much better game. And if you get the uh, if you have the um the remake they did for uh, Xbox 360 uh, back in like 2010 it came out or 2011 uh, it came with like all three of the original games oh nice is it the oh, Genesis version or the uh, P- uh, PC engine I don't know oh, they're, okay. they're, <laughs> the three original games are on the uh, the disc you know you can play them with the uh, the remake version nice. uh, which you know has you know it the uh, the 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 problems. I, I don't even know who owns Splatterhouse anymore because that game took forever to come out, and it was just it was bogged down in like legal red tape due to like rights and stuff like that. And it sucks because it's a, a franchise that they could easily turn into something more than just you know a one remake. Uh, at this point now, eleven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um so Tim, I had another question. Uh, well, actually two, but I'll, I'll save that one for later. Um, so I just also finished reading Thanos versus Deadpool. Um, what a what a weird story that was. And so you, was it weird? I thought it was pretty funny. No, no, weird. No, weird in a great way. Okay. You know. Um. So like, like you, you've worked with Deadpool before. You, you did the, I believe, did the Mercs with the uh, Mercs, Merc for Money, right? yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. So you did that. And everything. What keeps drawing you back to Deadpool? Because uh, you know the reason I ask is because you seem to have that really nice grasp of the character. Because I've been a fan for years, um, and I always feel like some people very rarely get it. They either make him too pop culturey, or then not enough. And it's interesting to finally see someone like you, um, Brian Posen, and Jerry Dugan, um, Fabian uh, Nisha. All the you guys have that nice balance of it's a good story. But it's also, you know, it's Wade. So pop culture references and and wonderfulness. And also Death Thanos is still, what a great pun. Yeah, I mean, so I think uh, think there's a character because he's the only funny sort of character at Marvel. I mean, Spider-Man, I guess. But there's so few, like, characters that you can be funny with. um, Mm -hmm. That there's a tendency to make him just funny and not tragic. And I think the thing is, it's remember, is he's fucking tragic. Uh, Like, as funny as he is, it's all about covering up that he is a just you know mess of a human being uh and so i I feel like if the best way to make him work is is when he shows a funny side and then you see the dark side that he's covering up uh and in this case like he's such a pathetic dude that he's in love with death and his only competition for her affection is thanos Uh, that's pretty tragic so uh that you know and that's kind of what i tried to do with that series i I feel like and maybe this is just my weakness all around i had so many ideas i put them all in (laughs) i put every fucking idea in there and i think it's just energetic and maybe it's too energetic i don't know but you know i I guess maybe i fall victim that is like you know that is such a fun character it's one of the best comic book specific characters which obviously worked pretty well in mass media um but Mm -hmm. 
he's such a perfect comic book superhero character and you know it's just hard not to just put everything you want to do in that character and and oh, disney absolutely. seems to be teasing us some deadpool because he's showing up in um reaction videos you know it's it's ryan reynolds in deadpool costume and he did one with korg from guardians of the galaxy or thor i'm sorry and so you know they are slowly giving us like yeah we 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 own Deadpool now we're 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 doing it we're doing it we just gotta figure out how we're gonna do it and you know here's a few three minute videos of him watching trailers and doing his Deadpool shtick. And you're right the first time it was Korg not Thor. Yeah, but he's in yeah. Thor. Right? He was he's in, uh, he's right? in Thor. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I said Guardians of the Galaxy, but I should have said Ask Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, and then the last question I have, Tim, is like, you know, you've been writing comics for a while and whatnot, you know, and you've been, I, I've, I've met you at one or two conventions, um, and thank you for signing my books. Sure. Um, but the question I have is like, what, what's that, how does it feel when you see characters that that maybe you help create or like, like if you see your your character from Hackslash being cosplayed at a convention, how does that feel or, you know... Like, do you, do you, is it just like, oh my God, hi, like you look fantastic. Can I get a photo? Like, what is that, what is that like knowing something you had the idea for people not just relate to so much that they'll dress as it, but it's almost like you feel like you're meeting them in real life. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, Hackslash was obviously my sort of first uh, experience with that. And for a long time, that was a very consistent experience was that I would meet you know young women and some dudes uh that were dressed as the characters and uh to me it was always like a validation of of your ability to connect with someone right like if you make mm -hmm. something and someone likes it enough to want to be that then that's like a validation that's really hard to to sort of top i think you know um it's mm -hmm. weird because i haven't been to a convention so long i've lost that so like i i feel like i'm more sad now right because i can't Are... like see nobody shows up at my house dressed as chip from dark red or anything right like so i don't know if it made an impact because i can't go to conventions and the closest thing i've had was free comic book day and that was kind of a weird un un uneven you know because it was at the wrong time of year and I don't know. People didn't show up like I thought they wouldn't. Uh, so yeah, it's weird. I guess I didn't realize how much I relied on it to make me want to keep going. You 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 were at you you did a free comic book day event just recently and nobody showed up. I mean, no, people did show, but not like they used to. I mean, it was just and part of it is fucking COVID, obviously. But I mean, yeah. it was in August instead of May, and people are conditioned to go to May and because yeah. it's normally after the release of a comic book movie too. Over the last twenty years, a comic book movie has come out. It's free comic book day right afterwards. Well, this was Suicide Squad, but also like that would have had a muted. I, I love that movie. It's probably my favorite comic book movie of the last five years. But it had a muted impact in a weird way because of because of COVID and because of sort of lack of you know shared experience. Most people watched it, I think, on HBO Max, and uh, you know, uh, my kid is upset. Um, no, we 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 gotta we gotta let you go anyway, Tim. We we okay. we uh, we do Billy, appreciate to have you been on. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. here, baby. <laughs> okay, yeah, I gotta get going. Hopefully, okay. hopefully more happy mojitos and less sad mojitos. Yeah. in your future, Tim. I will uh, reach out to you to do the uh, the plug for Goth Girl Horror. We just kept missing each other for that. I'll 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 set up a new little thing. You have to email my email, not Twitter. I hate Twitter. I never I try to avoid Twitter because always people yelling at me. So I don't check the messages. You have to email my email. I, I'll I'll email you. I'll email you. I'm sorry. Yes. Remember, yeah. Twitter is where Twitter decides to cancel you. Tim Seeley. Yeah. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, or if you read the book, cancel new, Superman. I want that new Dark Red and World of Darkness comics. <laughs> 
I'm such a hardcore Vampire the Masquerade fan. I mean, I, I, I'm like, seriously, hardcore Vampire the Masquerade fan. It's great. That's you awesome, man. Vampire fan? No. You know, I got my... I got my I got my Vampire the Masquerade, you know, guidebooks. I don't know if there's still a date or not with continuity of what I can play. <laughs> okay. I gotta get going. I got upset daughter. Thank you so much. Thank guys. you so much, Pleasure. Tim. Thank okay. you so much, Tim. Have a good one. Right. Uh, so we have all the information where you can reach out to Tim or uh, follow him in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh Superman versus Lobo. Absolutely fucking loved it. Oh yeah, a lot of fun. Do we want to do a quick little uh, since we since we all seem to by the way have a voice on the Spider-Man show? Uh, the Spider-Man show is coming back next week with Acts of Vengeance, the cosmic Spider-Man storyline where he gets cosmic powers. Uh, by the way, Venom currently just had those same cosmic powers. So if you've been reading Venom, you know what's been going on over there. Um, and yep. of course, we're all hyped on Spider-Man because of some trailer that came out finally officially. You know, and everyone can shut up for a while until they push the release date back. Yeah, but according, according to the leakers, the uh, the next trailer is going to show Toby and Andrew. Okay. Yeah, well, well, well. Whatever. We'll, we'll see it when it happens, and we'll believe it. <laughs> Listen, at this point, I feel like we could pitch a better a better story that could bring all three of them in there. That would just be grand and wonderful and see Chris's bug, like, bug-eyed wonder face. Like, when he mentioned the 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 one thing, Chris did this. You did, Chris, you do this face when you're like, like, like I want to meme it and be like, when you tell, when you tell him a new a new hack slash issue is coming out, or that Vlada has has, has reached one thousand sales, or I don't know, whatever. You I, don't, I don't think I revealed anything about like sales of Vlada, but I did. I did. I, I was sitting right next to me. I didn't pull up whatever Tim's Vlada cover was sitting right next to me. Uh, so still uh, pretty awesome. While you guys are here, what did you think of the trailer? Um, I was yes. the Alfred Molina, you know, but um, I don't. Here's one problem I've had with the entire Spider-Man thing, and this is echoed by a lot of fans. As much as I do love this Spider-Man, uh, this whole Peter needs a mentor every five minutes. Like, first it's Tony Stark. Now it's Doctor Strange. It's like, because of the problem, and, and, and Tony... Mysterio and, would kind of count too, Chris. I what? feel like that kind of counts. Mysterio. Yeah. Mysterio. Kind of yeah, and Nick Fury. Um, the, the problems Sony and Disney have with sharing, you know, uh, custody over Spider-Man, which is, it really is, it's a custody battle. Um, is, and the, the reason why Uncle Ben is like never mentioned ever, you know, not even like, oh, but Uncle Ben, he, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, you know what I mean? Every five minutes is, and they, they're shoehorning in these other characters to be his mentor father figure. It's like... You know, you ever read a Spider-Man comic book? Peter didn't need a, a, a mentor father figure. It, 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 his mentor father figure got killed, and that is what drives him to become Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? His entire life, it's Aunt May, and then eventually it's Mary Jane. You know, you know, in terms of like just a, a, a you know a driving force in his his life or whatever. But the memory of Uncle Ben, and and just I'm seeing this thing with Doctor Strange, and it's, I'm so happy because they're both the creations of Steve Ditko. Happy, you know, happy is another mentor. Happy's another mentor. <laughs> but they're both the creations of Steve Ditko, and I'm yeah. so happy. And I understand Steve Ditko didn't want anything to do with either, you know, Marvel or Disney or whatever, Sony. Um, did did but, you see Ditko was represented in the trailer? How so? Uh, his name's graffitied in the in the back on one of the scenes. Oh, oh which nice. is funny considering, according to his nephew, he never cashed the three point five million dollars worth of checks that Sony has sent him since the Raimi films. Oh wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt, but just wanted to, to you mention know, that. But honestly, I'm I like here's the thing. I I saw so many comics 
in the trailer of, of moments they pulled. Like I saw the the one more day. I saw like one scene I remember that I loved from JMS's Happy Birthday run. That's the Peter stop talking, just shut up. Um, the whole spell thing. Um, I loved seeing the Goblin Bomb. I don't know if that means exactly Green Goblin. So that's. Well, you one. hear you hear his laugh also. Yeah, yeah I know. But, you but, do hear his laugh, and, and 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 my only my only hope is that do you think they 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 improved that costume, or are we just going to get that original costume because oh, you, it's classic? Oh, you mean the Power Ranger? Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but for me, I'm sorry. The second Ock showed up, and he had that "Hello, Peter." He looked. He gave me such ultimate later on Doc Ock vibes. And I was so with it. Yeah. Like right. This, the second I saw that, I was like, and and you, did you see all the electricity in the sand in the trailer? A lot of people are thinking yeah. Sandman and Electro. And by the way, Electro done correctly this time with mm -hmm. you know the, the yellow lightning. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh no, dubstep too. Um, but <laughs> but I think the thing I love is that I saw Alex Ross. I think had posted a couple of images that he had done of some big Spider-Man fight that involved pretty much like everybody. He was like, Spider-Man Homecoming. And I was just like, guys, this is the blueprint right here. It's got the Goblin. It's got it's got Mysterio. It's got Ock. It's got Sandman, all that. I was just like, just just please don't, don't fuck this up. <laughs> like, it's got oh. a lot of characters in it, which could overcrowd a film. And I mean, yeah. obviously, the Avengers, you know, they had, what, 100 characters. Yeah. You know, that will be Avengers. Well, well apparently, there, apparently there's seven, uh, there's six villains. A seventh will appear at the end. Okay. But the one thing I, I will say, guys, I am a little worried about um, as a creative outlet is I feel that comics are using the multiverse a lot. And I don't mind it if it's like for Spider-Verse. That 100% made sense. It was a great right. movie because all that. But I feel like we're just seeing so much multiverse theory. I feel it's it's starting to me feel is just as oversaturated how every horror buff will always jump to Cthulhu. And, and <laughs> don't Mephisto, get me wrong. Or, or uh, Mephisto. <laughs> right, then don't get me wrong. Wonderful, great evil villain. But then I'm just like, there are others. It's like, yes, it's, there it's are like, thousands of public domain villains you can use. <laughs> right, exactly. Or it's not just that. It's also like like you, you go to Hellboy, the Agru Jihad. You know, they're essentially Cthulhu and, and his entire fucking family, but they're awesome and wonderful. And you don't need to see them to know that this is some scary ass shit. But I just feel like, again, it's like, okay, how do we make this? We're going to go to the multiverse. And I'm just right. like, guys, like if we draw from this well too much, then it will be a cliche. And as well, much as I would love to see Tom next to, to Toby and next to Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, I would love to see that. But at the same time, if it doesn't end up happening, I was like, as long as it's still a good movie, nobody would care, right? Right. So... It's just, I want it to be done well, but at the same time, I don't want us to constantly keep relying on multiverse theory simply just to tell a good comic story. There are tons well, out there. It's I, just, I, you know? I, I get what you're saying, but uh, we have to keep in mind that, you know, this is for the long haul. I know a lot of people uh, abuse multiverse and all that, but, uh, you know, going with... Um, uh, Loki, you know, this is essentially the beginning of phase four and a lot of phase four is, is going to be hinged around the multiverse. And, you know, probably Doctor Strange will seal everything up and then, you know, we'll go more uh, Kang. 
you know so it's it's just the, right. the beginning you know it, it's it's a long drawn out story and uh you know we'll be living with the multiverse for you know probably another what year the other thing we should discuss leo is um uh what what did this podcast get nominated what did you get nominated for uh we got nominated for a bunch uh i believe best short form which is odd considering splash pages is kind of long uh actually thank you so 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 (laughs) what i said i'm like splash pages is not short it's like an hour or more yeah Uh, i know i i i was when i was submitting them uh you know uh the i asked about you know long form and short form and apparently long form is like four hours what podcast is four hours apparently a, a, apparently a lot of well kevin smith doesn't even do four hours but uh yeah so so long form i think is like three to four hours wow yeah that's so, crazy yeah and then you got nominated for uh best host yes yeah the yeah. hostess with the mostest and um goth girl horror is competing against this podcast <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> <laughs> May the best show win. Uh, I mentioned that to Tim, and he's like, "How the hell does that work?" I'm like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> I, 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 so you're competing so against he, yourself. I was like, "It's sort of." I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not so, a regular co-host on Splash Pages, so I'm not uh, competing with myself. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Uh, Creator Spotlight. Uh, also, uh, Steve's podcast. Uh, his uh, Super Retro. Uh, Toking still token with. So, um, yeah. so if we win, we can say we're now an award-winning podcast. Yes, you can. You can Sweet. say you're, you can say you're on an award-nominated. Yeah, say that right now. Award-nominated na- hey. uh, or a don't mul- you work? Is, isn't Screen Rant an award-winning website too? Didn't yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, it. Yeah, believe me, yes, it is. And and gentlemen, I just want to say again, I'm so happy to work here because if I have to tell you about how many applications I take a day that do not know how to follow instructions it is astounding i actually had somebody tell me about me it. Yeah. a song and a poem as a cover letter and i was just like there is not a single comic reference in this entire damn thing oh my god drew when i put the thing out there i looking for help originally for you know what you know mm-hmm. you know uh, the, the 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 deceased tv comic thing yeah. It, yeah. all i got was emails going i know comics that was it i know comics that, in the email Chris, not Chris, their name not their phone number not their resume not their imdb nothing i know comics chris welcome to my world i'm like <laughs> I, I, and then I i'm just rude i'm just as rude as hell back to i'm just like are you fucking kidding me with this no rude? do you not chris you don't understand i don't need to be rude i have a, a bunch of templates that i just click thank you bye next and i and i, I said like, no you can't you can't be rude to these people i'm like but they email me the stupidest goddamn thing you understand if it wasn't a conflict of interest and leo i've told you this and chris i'm sure i've said this to you as well i would create a twitter and just post some of the things that some of these people say oh and well I, that's like yeah unfortunately then you get into a huge privacy you yeah know, exactly like, yeah. but let me let me just tell you if i could oh i'd get so many followers could people would just be like is this for real i'm like oh yeah oh but what you can do is have you ever read the comic strip um to our valued customers yes yes do what that guy did take those stories don't use their names <laughs> just <laughs> that is one of my favorite comic strips Ever. And the oh fact he did it on the backer boards that go inside behind, you know, the bags for comic books yeah. is brilliant. You know what I mean? And yeah, he's like, well, oh, yeah, I have all those or whatever. He sells them sometimes at his well, table. I think he's going to be at Boston Comic Con because he is a New England uh, yeah. person. 
So, by the way, Boston Comic Con is next weekend. Are you guys going? I, I I'm not. I, I, I can't. Um, yeah. I, one of my one of my best friends is coming in for a baby shower, and oh. I haven't seen her in like two years. You're having a baby in November. One of my best friends. So oh, I was like, you're, you're no, 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 no. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everyone spread the word. Drew's having a baby. Got oh my god. On splash pages. <laughs> Dear God. Splash pages. Oh crap. Um, no, 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 no. It's, First it's it's Tim Seeley's top secret DC project. Now Drew has a baby coming from Screen oh Rant. Please don't. Leo, um, what's, your, what's your big top secret story? Are you pregnant too? Uh, no, oh, no, no, no. Uh, With a Star Wars baby. Yeah, Star Wars baby. Uh, no, I. I, I it's, if he I, ever has a baby, he'll name it Grogu, and his wife will slap him. <laughs> That'll be the middle name. No, no, well, I can't really do anything like that because, uh, you know, getting married. Uh, so my last name is Pond. Uh, my wife's uh, my last name is Pond. My yes. my wife's last name is Walden. We had the Walden Pond wedding. Uh, <laughs> Leo, because I respect you, and because I don't want to get thrown out of this show, I'm not going to say anything. Do you remember on Jay Leno, he used to hold up like uh, pictures from the newspaper, people's oh, last yeah, names yeah. combined together to form something that's just ridiculous. Oh, I, I was going to send in a picture, uh, be, yeah, because it was always like uh, crazy store names and stuff like that. And uh, oh, what the hell was it? Um, I can't. I can't. This is this. Your life is a, just a, 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 an odd mix of, of of mystery and wonder and horrors. Like Leo, I just the more I know, the more I'm like, what did Rich get me into here? I will uh, say well, that. Um, well, I, uh, I, I mentioned this to Drew, Leo. Uh, John Ostander is going to be helping Drew and I with our project. Very cool. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah I said, hey, your wife, you know, she, everything, you know, she, she she has accomplished stuff. And it was so, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't know that his wife had passed away of uh, breast cancer until, you mm -hmm. know, he came on the show. And I was yeah. just like, you know, my grandmother's had, my, gran my, my grandmother who passed away this year had breast cancer and beat it. My mother's had breast cancer and beat it. So, you know, like, we will 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 turn it into a whole episode about you know breast cancer awareness at the very end and so on and so forth and he's like oh that that'd be yes. awesome do you want to talk to anyone else i know and i'm just like all the people all the people <laughs> it just opens the door to the comic kingdom i get set in like directions by people that i've made contacts with who are just like fortunately tied down to to um legal red tape of what they can and can't talk about but like you know, like, you know, like Mike Carlin has like steered me in like directions, even though he can't always talk about things due yeah. to like, I, apparently like, you know, when you, when you get high up in chain of command, uh, DC Warner Brothers puts you under a tight freaking leash of what you're allowed to say, yeah. even in like anything. And it's like, wow. Right. He's like, once upon a time, Chris, this was so easy. And then like three years ago, everything changed. I was like, what was everything? He, he, like, yeah. he, Mike, Mike Carlin does the subtle thing. He was like, yeah, I can't say anything, you know, exactly, this, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, can't, Yep. No, I wish I could help you. Wish Catherine, I could help you out. Catherine, all right, I'm going to go back. And, uh, you know, we never had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's Just... this book, Chris. Go to Amazon and look at the book and the author's name. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, thank God he gets the cues. Oh, God. Um, uh, he's done that to me like four times of being like, there is a thing that you should go check out over in my friends list. So, Leo, I want to thank you because I like every time now I, I have the cool stories. So I'm telling my friends like, 
oh yeah, I just I, I like oh I just got out of this interview with John Ostrander. It's like the guy who helped create the Suicide Squad. People are like what? How cool! Like when do you get to do this stuff? But I'm just like I just I know people and they 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 motivate beyond conversations at comic book stores, you know. Well, and a lot, um, a lot of and then uh... I told my father Leo about the whole Julie Newmar thing that oh, might nice. happen. Yeah, and of course he was like whoa. That's so cool. And then he does that usually. You know, she was Catwoman. I was like, Dad, we've had this conversation so many times. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those where I catch myself doing it. And I was like, and I have become my father. Holy crap. <laughs> Kill me now. Um, I mean, even, you know, John, Catherine, all this stuff. Like, I was talking to my friend about it. He's like, you've met a lot of people through this thing. And I'm like, I know. It's worth every hour I lose a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. And even uh, well, any, anytime you want to join us on uh, Monday, you just uh, you know just I, say the word. Uh, you know what? I have to I have to space these things out because as patient as your wife is with things, I, I feel like I have to make sure I spend time with my partner yeah. because if I'm just on twenty four seven podcasting, she's like, oh okay. But if it was a podcast, love me, and I'm like, oh god. Well, you know, I I, I make my wife is awesome. Uh, you know, she understands Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm busy, and then weekends is prep work but like thursday friday i make sure i'm doing nothing it's all devoted to her you know and it's just uh and then weekend uh you know weekend is split you know 50 50 um, listen I, I, i'm still waiting for the day when all of us are sitting at the same table and there's not a computer screen or stacks of comics or things where i'm gonna be like i can't just turn off the screen and escape you guys shit <laughs> isn't that coming for monster expo possibly is that i don't right i don't you have a table at monster expo i, I do i do where is that fairfield massachusetts it's two days it's a tiny little new horror convention shit yeah yeah um, okay we should probably oh <laughs> drew just laughed <laughs> I have to actually conference Drew about that, that TV project if he ever comes back, but I'll just message him. I'm going to go as well, Leo. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe his battery died. That's why he did. Uh, all, okay. Oh, shit. So uh, just check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. You can find all the information for Chris and Drew and myself there. Uh, any last words, Chris, before I hit the magic button? Um, Like a, like an ending quote or something? I'm not no, very good no, at that. No, no, no. <laughs> Okay. Oh, uh, oh, but you know, we want we want to hear more about Tim Seeley. Go check out Goth Girl Horror, the other nominated uh, podcast uh, among the Amaglam Amaglam Amalgamania Amalgamania podcast that yeah. were nominated. Tim Seeley's uh, comic book hack slash. I've done it for the last three years with Tim's blessing. All sorts of fun. We talk about Goth Girl. Uh, we talk about Hack Slash, which was the Goth Girl Hunter of Serial Killers book that he talked about on the show, as well as. The other podcast we do with Drew is coming back next week. Um, new episode will be posted up later this week or early next week. Uh, Spectacular Sal Bussama Era podcast here on the Norkney Network. And late this week, we'll also have a new episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror podcast, uh, which we got an email about asking, why is it named this? And I'm like, you would never seen a Hammer movie, have you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, let, let me know and when... Yeah, the Gorgon coming. What? Uh, l- let me know when that's up so I can pull an episode. Yeah, um... I will be posting it the, this weekend. Sounds the good. Gorg- the Gorgon, and uh, classic old Hammer movie. And then we're going to be doing the Karnston Trilogy, which is a series of... Uh, 
uh, lesbian hammer, hammer vampire movies. Oh, and uh, Drew is back. You lost power, didn't you? I did lose power. I just forgot to plug my computer oh, in. This oh, okay. Oh, okay, we're saying our goodbyes anyway. Yeah, and uh, oh, okay, cool. Well, s- since you're here, just real quick, the Jay Leno picture uh, I was going to mention. Uh, in the town that I grew up, uh, there was two electronic stores next to each other. One was Boner mm-hmm. Electric. The other was Beaver Electric. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> and people complained about the podcast title of my of the Hammer Show. <laughs> yeah, 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 right across the street from each other. It was hilarious. Uh, well, on that yeah. note, uh, we'll let you guys go. Uh, Drew, did you have any last words before we wrap it up? Um, buy this book. Support Tim Seeley. Help him continue to make weird choices. Yep, there you go. Superman Lobo versus Lobo. And King Shark and anything else he's done. Support these weird creators so they can continue to entertain us because, God, we need it. Exactly. Um, and, um, guys, I can't wait till uh, can't wait till we get this new Spider-Man because then we can have something else to analyze and complain about. Oh, totally. Uh, Superman versus Lobo is out today at your local, local comic book show uh, shop or check out Comixology. You can get it just about anywhere. Uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye.